Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I've often wondered if I had just more money than I could imagine, what kind of a douchebag would I be? Well, we always have an odd one in the crowd. So it's kind of odd. Decidedly odd. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? No, that doesn't strike me as a little bit odd. It's the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. The stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Now, here's the Oddcast. I like how you acknowledge that you're going to be a douchebag. But what kind of douchebag? It's well, the nuance. Yeah. Uh, there was a car crash in the Swiss Alps involving a Mercedes-Benz C-Class wagon, a Porsche 911 Cabriolet, and a Bugatti, a Bugatti Chiron, I think it's pronounced. Um, I think it's mo- Chiron. It's Chiron? C-H- yeah. C-H-I-R-O-N. I think that's Chiron. Chiron. Bugatti Chiron. And a motorhome also. So four very expensive vehicles. The total value of the cars that were wrecked, $4 million. And most of that comes from the Bugatti, which was worth at least $3 million. One car. The police report says the motorhome was driving slowly up a mountain pass and holding up traffic a little bit. The Bugatti driver did not want to wait because he's got a $3 million Bugatti. (laughs) So he tried to pass the motorhome and a bunch of other cars. Can you not picture this guy? Totally. He's, he's in that car. It's real low. It looks like a rocket ship. And he wants to go up and down this mountain so fast around those curves like James Bond. And he's just sitting there behind that damn motorhome. Well, just as the uh, Bugatti guy took off to pass the other cars, the Porsche driver had the same idea. And they collided hit each other, and then they hit the Mercedes wagon and the motorhome. Thank God nobody was killed, but the Mercedes driver had to go to the hospital with injuries. So here's the thing. This guy is rich enough to have a $3 million car, and you know it's not the only one. And he just wants to drive it as fast as he can whenever he wants to drive it as fast as he can. That's a douchebag. Would you not agree? Yeah, because that's um, part of part of what makes a person a douchebag. If you're wondering, could I be a douchebag? Part yeah. of what makes you a douchebag is your firm conviction that you are the only person whose needs, feelings, and priorities really matter. And you know what the worst kind of a douchebag is? It's that guy, and he's physically a big guy. He's yeah, because a then big he's a douchebag. He's a big, imposing, scary douchebag. That's exactly right. And I've seen those guys. So I'm saying to myself, if I have that kind of money, let's say this guy's got, I don't know, $200 million, right? So I've got the $200 million, but I am not a big guy. 
what kind of a douchebag am I going to be? And I came up with this one word, insufferable. You know what? I'm going to have to say you nailed it. Did I really? Mm-hmm. I am so proud of myself. Are you kidding me? See, my, my dad was a douchebag. Yeah. Um, he didn't have money. Well, once he, once he was cooking meth, he had grocery bags filled with uh, $20 bills. So he did have money, I guess, for a while. But my dad was little, like shorter than I am. And he was the kind, his flavor of douchebaggery was um, violent and unpredictable. You know that douchebag? Is that really a douchebag, though? I don't know. He was a douchebag. Oh, no, you need to trust me on that. All right. He was many, many things. He was a mosaic of many things. But one of those was a douchebag because he believed that um, if he was on the road, that he owned the road like wherever okay. he was he yeah. was the center of attention right. he was an endless vortex of self-absorption and he was aggressive like he was the guy who if he, you glanced his way in the rest what the fuck are you looking at he was yeah. that guy see but that the, the, the what's your fuck what, what what the fuck are you looking at guy is just kind of he's he's a little closer to being like a psycho you know oh, he was that but don't mistake he was also a douchebag okay more of the best of the Bob and Cherry Oddcast coming up. Now back to the Bob and Cherry Oddcast. I think that I would be insufferable. Um, I don't think I would hurt anybody's feelings knowingly, but I would just want my way a lot, you know? Well, I think that you would be a snobby flavor of insufferable yeah like there are people who are insufferable just because they're childish and petulant right and then there are people who are insufferable because they're selfish and and they're constantly preening and self-absorbed and then there are people who are insufferable because they they just think that they are better than you and what they have is better than you and that what they prefer is better than what you prefer they're just snobby they're just snotty snobby insufferable it's it's hard to you know come up with an answer when when um you came from nothing <laughs> you know because you still say to yourself if you came from nothing and you got 200 million dollars that you know you would have some self-awareness uh of some people are not as lucky you have to understand that you know there's some some people came out of their own way so be nice to them and so on and so forth but when you're born into it i don't know if you have those same sort of guardrails well, well, no, because what you're born into just seems like the normal world to you. Yeah, like like you're like you're almost American royalty in a way. You it's know? just this is just you know, hey, this is just how we live, and yeah. you know, often for a lot of us, how we live is the only thing we ever experience. How many people do you think really? walk in anyone else's shoes for any length of time now be serious about this kindergarten cradle to grave how many of us break out of our lane and really get a taste of what it's like on either side are you talking about intellectually or are you talking about actually physically walking in somebody else's just the way you live like you're born let's say you're born middle class you might Mm -hmm. live your whole life that way with no real idea of what these three million dollar bugatti driving people are like but also no idea either what it's like to go to bed hungry at night do you know what i mean like we we kind of were born into a lane and for the most part i think we stay in that lane i i have not 
Um, you know, one of the luckiest things I think that happened to me was my parents had a uh, a fairly successful uh, period when I was uh, born up until the time I was 13 and we had we had this one really nice house so I felt that we were a successful family all right so I was comfortable with that idea in my head and then when we went broke all of a sudden I realized oh (laughs) this is what it's like to be not really poor poor but to be uh, close to poor and then, you know, I'm working in a factory because I'm trying to save some money to go to college because the money's not coming from anywhere else. And I'm working, and, and some people work in factories. They do really well. Well, the factory I was working in, that was minimum wage. And then I cleaned the, you know, the men's room on the weekend with me and another guy. So I, I saw that there were people that really were struggling. And, and the guy who I cleaned the bathrooms with, uh, his wife got hooked on pills. And, and it was driving him crazy. So I just saw, you know, the struggles that people go through and then got successful in radio. So, you know, I've kind of seen a lot of different stratas. And I think it has been one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Well, I mean, I don't disagree. I wouldn't undo any of my early life. I think that if I had been born into wealth and privilege, that I would be unfucking bearable. You know, just because I would think that, oh, this is just how life is. And why don't you make your life good like this? Why don't you work hard? Why don't you? Do you really think you'd be that way? Because you're a very kind person. You're very giving. I mean, that is a, a total change in personality. Because I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. But so much of who I am was shaped by that like extremely chaotic and difficult experience and it makes it hard for me as a mom sometimes because like my kids will have um an emotional meltdown this the these last couple of days this last week in fact has been difficult as they both confront the reality of online school and not seeing their friends for yet more time and no end in sight right they've been very emotional and weepy and just it's been tough um and I'm, I'm you know I sit on their beds and I listen and I say I love you I I don't have a fix for this I wish I did you know blah 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 but there's a part of me that's going could you maybe snap the fuck out of it you have enough <laughs> yeah, to eat I'm I just know. gonna be totally honest right yeah no I could, agree could you maybe snap right the fuck out of this because you have a beautiful bedroom that you don't have to share right you have food in the refrigerator a roof over your head you don't lie awake at night waiting for someone to come into your bedroom and hurt you um you're 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 living better than most of the world right now and 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 it's been not great here i mean this thing has hit us financially and emotionally in every possible way and still it's better than most of the world yeah when i was a kid we lived in a house that we had to heat by turn by burning wood in the fireplace and if there wasn't wood there wasn't any heat i never i never had enough to eat i never had a warm enough coat i was always scared i didn't expect to live to see my 21st birthday because i thought i was going to be murdered by one of my parents so when my girls are like and it's just you know like all of my friends i can't see them i'm over here going am i pointing a fucking gun at you and not giving you a meal today like settle down and i have to remind myself this this deprivation that they're experiencing is deprivation for them 
because in the context of their lives, this is hard stuff. They don't yeah. have my early life experiences. And so I know myself, like I'm bougie and extra and I love my comfort and, you know, like picky about so many things. And can you imagine if I had no environmental Guard, context yeah. to compare that to? I'm over yeah. here going... Um, ew, no, thank you. I prefer French press coffee. Shut the fuck up, welfare girl. Like, who are you to prefer anything? You're lucky you even have coffee. So if I'm like this now, where I come from, can you imagine and if I'd yet, have been born into money? You're very, very smart. You have a good heart. And there are people who uh, have tremendous amounts of money who are very, very solid middle-class thinking types of people and warren buffett comes to mind one of the richest guys in the world right but very decent is not spoiling his kids okay so you know how some people when they talk about reincarnation imagine that in a past life they were royalty yeah okay those are the people who think that if they were born into wealth they'd be warren buffett and really nice when I think about my past life, I know I was an ignorant peasant eating insects. When I think about who I'd be if I was born into money, I think of, of like um, Teresa Giudici from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, no. like, and I don't know that that would be true, but I think you can tell a lot about a person when you ask them, what do you think you were in a past life? Just for fun. The minute these bitches say I was a queen, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Rosé all day. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I think that um, Max, if if you'll unmute and jump in, I think Max is probably the feels the same way that I do. Like he does not assume that in a past life he was royalty, and he doesn't no. assume that if he came for money that he wouldn't be a dick. You know, I, it, it comes down to this, and that is, um, are the do the events that shape you have more influence on the personality you were born with? So I I don't know. I mean, I imagine that you wouldn't have. I mean, I've done all kinds of jobs. I was cleaning office buildings and did that sort of thing. And and so I, I guess there's a feeling that I have that nothing is beneath me. That's my backup job. You know, that's my backup career. And and so when people don't work or they've had things given to them, I'm like, you, you don't know what it's like to work for stuff. I mean, no. the way I get into this business is I was a janitor at a radio station for free. I mean, that's how I get into radio. Yeah. People would say, well, how did you get into the radio? I said, well, that's what I did. They go, well, I wouldn't do that. And I go, well, okay. Yeah. Like when, when I think about what it took me to go to college, um, I'm not saying that my girls wouldn't, if, if they had to, do the things that I did in order to get a college education. It was so important to me. And for the longest time, I was the only person in my family on either side to go, Right. When I think about what I went through to get that education, and then I compare it to my daughters who view not having color-safe shampoo as a minor hardship, like, I just don't know. You know, there's another, though, um, creature that we haven't touched upon in, in this conversation that comes from money. And those are people who were taught by their parents, mother and father, that you come from much and much is expected of you. And I'll give you an example. The first George Bush, George Walker 
Herbert Walker. Uh, Herb, Herbert Walker Bush. So his father was a very, very powerful, wealthy man. I mean, their their family goes back generations, and yet he was a kind of a low key guy with all their money. Yes, he had this beautiful home in uh, Kennebunkport, Maine, uh, and so on, and you know, just had just hundreds of millions of dollars. And yet he served in World War II. He jumped out of a damn plane into Nazi territory. I mean, he, he served and then into a, went into a life of politics and service. Did he make money along the way because he had a connections? Yes, he did. But you never thought of, of, of him, the first Bush, as being a D-bag. Well, there's a, there's a kind of an ethos that comes with old money. Like families that have had wealth for generations, you'll sometimes see what you're describing. And you'll also sometimes see what you saw with the uh, Johnson & Johnson kids. Remember that HBO documentary? Oh, very sad. Which was just... What happened to them? Oh, addiction. Yeah. Death, despair, yeah. a feeling well, I mean, look, of being Well, I mean, look what the, happened to the Kennedys. The same thing. One of, it's one of the... There are little things that when you grow up with... Um, when you grow up in poverty, and, and in my case, in violence, chaos, addiction, when you grow up with that, it shapes you in ways yeah. that are maybe invisible to other people, but they're they're permanent for you. They're like tattoos that you can't scrub off. And an example, so I'm married to a man who grew up in an intact family, a loving home. His mom was a nurse. His dad was a doctor. Lots of privilege. Lots of privilege. Um, now, he's had a job since he was a young teenager, but there was always food on the table. When he went to bed at night, he slept well because he didn't fear for his physical safety or that his mom would be murdered like he just he grew up with enough and plenty in a loving safe structured environment and privilege so he he doesn't think twice about not eating leftovers and throwing them away to me that feels like there's an abyss opening at my feet yeah because um when i look in the refrigerator like for lunch today, I collected a, um, three or four different kinds of leftovers, threw them in a bowl and turned them into a salad. The rest of my family would move right past those and, and then they would end up having to be thrown away. I look at those leftovers and the thought of throwing them away makes me feel like, well, what would I do if, if one day I open the refrigerator and it's empty and I'll think about all that food I threw away and I'll hate myself, right? It's stuff, it's little things like that a loud noise makes me jump and panic he doesn't register it why would he because for him a loud noise is thunder or a door slam or a car backfiring for me a loud noise is a signal that i need to find a place to hide fast and yeah. you don't when you you are shaped as max said you're shaped by the things that happen to you really in your in the first part of your life the first chunk of your life and you can cover those scars and you can cover that trauma in a blanket of comfort and money, but they're all still there. They're all still there. It's been a long time since I went to bed hungry, a long time. But there's wonder, not a day that goes by that I'm not aware that that's a real possibility. I wonder if the guy who wrecked the uh, Bugatti, the $3 million Bugatti, I wonder how he felt after that. Did he feel like a douchebag that he just didn't you know, want to wait for uh, 10 minutes to get around the RV that was going up there? Or was it like, oh, this is what happens when tourists come here. This is, yeah. why does this happen to me for Christ's sake and blah, blah. 
you know, you just kind of wonder how, or, or was he just totally embarrassed? How do you how do you tell your family that you told her a three million dollar car? You know that it's if he if he went with that asshole in that camper. Yeah. Get, well, Grandpa, go home. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one way to react. Another way is to feel horrified that he did this. A third way is to just be pissed off at the amount of time it's going to take for the insurance company to deal with it and repair it. Blah, blah, blah. You don't know, right? No, you don't, you don't know. know. You don't know. You don't, and, you, what level of bag he is. And you never know if someone... It's kind of like your George H.W. Bush analogy. You never know when you're looking at a person who has all that and they're they're aware of how fortunate they are and when you're looking at a person who has all that and can't believe they don't have more yeah i mean there are people who have everything and yet they do good things the uh uh well i don't know if he's going to be the next king but prince charles does great work uh in england you know, trying to save these uh, amazing buildings uh, that he, he thinks are architectural gems rather than tear them down, putting up some international skyscraper, you know. So here's a guy that, you know, you talk about pampered, uh, could be the king of England, literally. And yet he does good things, you know. But that that family, um, those kids are brought up in that family generationally with you, service. One word that you see all the time in connection with the British royal family, and they talk about it all the time, is duty. Yeah. Like they feel, and they also know that they exist at the taxpayer's pleasure. Right. That they don't have any actual governing authority, that they really are in some ways like a symbol and a tourist attraction. They are an idea as much as they are human beings or a family, and they're painfully aware that they that their lives, their spectacular storybook lives, um, are at the taxpayer's pleasure. And so, you know, how long do you think that the that the people of the UK would tolerate like Prince Charles acting like freaking a complete asshole? <laughs> like it's just you know, not going to be. I, I, as we wind this up, um and, and by the way, I want to thank whoever sent me this. Uh I I was just sent a uh, a little thing. The man who created autocorrect has died. Restaurant in peace. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I knew this woman who uh, was an heiress, and her her parents owned a company, part of it. There were like three or four of these young people whose parents owned stock and controlled a well-known American company. She had just a tremendous amount of money at her disposal. She had a playhouse that was 1,200 square feet, a playhouse. So in, in this private area private golfing area and one day i was hanging out with her and some other people uh i was dating someone who knew her and she never talked about the money but we went by the playhouse and she said that was my childhood playhouse there and it looked like a house so i said so what would you do there and she said oh i just get some friends we bring dolls over there and we just you know we'd play all day and you know somebody would clean it up and so on i went wow and she said, it's, it's a joke, really. It's, a, it's really a joke how much I have. Oh, well. 
So she, I mean, she was aware that she sometimes, was aware. sometimes yeah. you just land on a lucky womb. She, she was know? aware that there were people in her family who uh, were, were goofy and threw money away. And she would just laugh at them because, you know, that's just who they are. She understood, for whatever reason, I got the golden ticket. I grabbed the brass ring. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just going to enjoy it. I mean, it's one thing when you're just born to it versus, yeah. you know, you've earned it. I think I think money spends and looks and feels differently depending on how you came by it. Right. But, not a doubt. But you have not really described, like you said that you think that if you had that, you would be an insufferable douchebag. So how do you, when you say insufferable, what does that mean to you? What well, I mean, like? I was, I, I think I, I would be more like the woman that I just described. I was doing that for comedic purposes, if you know me. I, but, but if I was a little on the insufferable side, it would be... Can you believe that, you know, we only get two months a year here on the coast of Maine and we have these people who have moved in next door and they're nothing, you know, like our family and they're raising hell all night. This is ridiculous. I think I would be that guy. That does sound like you, I have to say. (laughs) You see what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Max, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because you're already sometimes pissed off at what other people are wearing, like in a restaurant or on an airplane or something. So, yeah, yeah I think that shows um, really solid, healthy, strong self-awareness. Thank you. That you would be like the guy that um, is irritated by what the people around you are doing, thinking, wearing, eating. That's right on brand. Good job. You and, know, and if let, nothing let, else let in defend, life, we should be self-aware. Let me defend myself. I'm only I'm only kind of ticked off at people in restaurants the way they dress if it's just ridiculous. Because, you know, the, the, the restaurant tour, if it's a fairly, you know, middle class, nice restaurant, he's got his whole life in this. He wants the place to be charming and all. And somebody walks in with flip flops, you know, and a big Johnson T-shirt, you know, I mean, come on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a play, there are restaurants where that's a little more appropriate. And right. in your defense, I will also say in your defense that you're most pissed off when you see a couple walk in and she's got she's gotten dressed up because it's like a fun night out and right. he's in his flip flops and Big Johnson T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Like that's when you're the most outraged and irate. You know, once in a while, just realize that it's all kind of a play. Play your part, you know? Look look, look like a little bit of a movie star. You know, make an effort because it, it just makes it nice for everybody. That's, that's what I think. And I'll say, um, if there's one kind of shriveled, blackened, leftover hot dog in the back of the fridge... Cut it into coins, stick toothpicks in them, and dip it into something. Don't be wasting that food. You find a way to eat that shit. I'm just telling y'all, you find a way. I can't believe I still work with you. I really can't when you're doing that sort of thing. <laughs> I can't stand when the kids when the kids were younger. I could take like a shriveled leftover hot dog, um, turn it into coins, put toothpicks in it, and turn it into a game, and that was fun. But I want you to imagine um, rolling that past my two girls today. Girls, girls were having hot dog pinwheels. Girls? <laughs> no. No, your girls today want girls a, a whole different, they want a different type of coins. Oh, yeah. And, and not out of their own wallets. That's no, for damn sure. That's right. All uh, right. That's it for today's episode of the Oddcast. Our website is B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. We so appreciate your listening. I, I, I just want to. I just want to take a nap for a while, and I hope that these people next door don't have their damn 
lawn crew keeping God, me awake. So exhausting, isn't it, when the neighbor's servants trouble your rest? Thank you. I hate that. <laughs> Stay safe. Don't waste food. Wash your hands. Don't cough on other people. Do not, for one second, no matter how pissed off you are, hit, kick, slap, spit, yell at, or harass an employee or an essential worker of any kind, because that makes you the biggest douchebag of all. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. <laughs> See you next time. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.